0: And it was just a couple months later. I was just out for a regular maintenance run. Really, wasn't training for anything. And while I was running, my legs went numb. And I kind of my initial thought, probably like anybody else, is, uh, what did I do now?
1: Dizman's Radio Episode 1028 starts in three, two. Um. Real quick, before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at Victory Co. Once again, who uh, are taking your medals, your finish line moments, your finish line memories, and turning them into uh, unique, one-of-a-kind custom jewelry pieces, charm bracelets, if you will, that you can wear any old time you want. Because you know how you feel. After a race, when you're wearing that medal around and you just, you know, you kind of stand up a little bit taller, even if you can't quite stand up because, you know, everything hurts and you're dying because you just, you know, ran a race as hard as you could. But you feel like you're standing up just a little bit taller. You got the little wind in your sails, a little puff in your chest. And, uh, you know, after maybe maybe a few hours later, a day later, two days later, however long you wear your medal, that's that's your business. I'm not here to judge. But eventually the medal goes on the wall, on the rack, in a drawer, wherever you keep your your bling. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of it. But with, uh, a custom charm bracelet with, with all of your medals or all of your race memories, or at least your most important ones, it's up to you. I mean, you, you, are calling all the shots here. Uh, but with, with that bracelet, you can, you can get that finish line feeling Anywhere you go, anytime you want to, every time you, every time you go out, you can have that little puff in your chest and little, little pride in yourself at the work you've done and the memories you've made and the finish lines that you've crossed. So if if you want to find out more about what they've got going on, kind of see some, some examples and, and maybe even order your own, get, get your own. Uh, head over to createmyvictory dot You can also see some samples and, and interact with Amy and, and everybody else on the team at, at Victory Co. At Create My Victory on Instagram. And uh, if you end up getting yourself something, make sure you use the code DizRuns at checkout. It'll save you fifteen percent. And let let Amy and everybody know that uh, hey, you, you came you came from here and uh, her hers. Sponsoring dollars or advertising dollars are being put to good use. So, createmyvictory.com is the website. Create my victory on Instagram. Diz runs at checkout. Save yourself 50% and 15%, not 50, 15. Get that right. One five Diz. Get it right. Uh, anyway, Diz runs at checkout is the discount code. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest is a lady that, uh, Went from not running much at all to finishing her first her first marathon in a pretty quick time frame. Which is those conversations are always fun to have. Um, and later this year she's going to be up in the ante even more by uh, running multiple marathons in uh, consecutive days as a member of the MS Run the US Relay team. So between those two those two facets of her story. No doubt we'll have plenty of things to talk about today, and I'm sure there's going to be a handful of other things that may come up as we go. Uh, But one way or another, we'll get the party started and, and welcome Ms. Stephanie Crook to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Stephanie. Really appreciate it.
0: Hi, thanks for joining, or thanks for including me. I really appreciate having the time to spend some time and talk with you.
1: Yeah, like I said, really looking forward to it, and, and glad we're able to make it happen. And uh, y'all, if, if you enjoy today's conversation and kind of want to connect with Stephanie and, and you know follow along with her, and, and obviously with uh, the the big event that she's got going on later this summer, uh, Facebook is probably the best way to find her, Stephanie Crook. I mean, you can, you can find her. It's the the, the the fancy URL if if you're curious is Stephanie uh, and of course, we'll have that linked up in the show notes today, so you can just click back and, and make it real easy and not have to scroll through apparently at least 92 other Stephanie Crooks. Who knows how many, who many how many more other ones are out there, uh, but we'll make it easy for you to find there. Uh, and Stephanie's also an ambassador for Orange Mud, which is how we got connected, and uh, Highland's Homeopathic. So a little shout out to a couple of great companies that I know a lot of us have dabbled in one or both of, of those companies over the years and running. Um, and as per usual, all all those things, links, social medias, things we talk about today, everything. Uh, in the show notes for today, dizrunscom slash 1028, dizrunscom slash 1028, take you back to the home base for today's episode, and you can find whatever else you're looking for from there as per usual. So, Stephanie, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with... Uh, it's a simple question from my perspective because I just have to ask it. And that, that part of it's pretty easy Uh, for some folks. It's a pretty simple one to answer as well. Some folks, it's a little bit more complicated, but one way or the other, it starts the conversation in a nice way. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why?
0: You're absolutely right that this is totally easy on your end. But when you ask a runner, this, I think a lot of runners probably struggle with, well, I like this kind because it's like this and this one. Yeah. And I used to have the really simple answer. I love marathon. I am just a marathon runner that's you know that's my run Um, but I think in recent years my answer to that has really changed that any distance I mean a 5k 10k half full ultra whatever I, I really have come to the understanding that running is an absolute blessing no matter how far no matter how fast or slow anytime you get out there and run that's my favorite just to be able to run it all
1: that's, that's might be the first time that that answer has come out, but I I think you're right. I think you're right. And, 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 um, it, it is, it is a blessing and, and something that obviously we all, you know, if you listen to a running podcast, you probably enjoy running. If if you're a runner, you, you know, clearly enjoy it. Um, and yeah, just, just the opportunity to get out there and, and, um, you know, some people are locked into one distance. Some people take what they can get. So I, I, I can appreciate that for sure. Um, How'd you, I mean, kind of teased it a little bit in the intro that you weren't much of a runner for, for at some point at least, and then kind of got into marathon running. But, um, how did you, you know, how did you get started in, in the sport, Stephanie?
0: Sure. So I was, um, I was obese and I was really fighting, trying to lose weight, uh, did all kinds of, you know, eat like this exercise like that for a couple of years. And I was going through the gym one day and a lady in the gym was doing the, you know, the annual 5k turkey trot and, I I was willing to try anything seriously. So she said, I will teach you how to run outside and we're going to do this. And okay. So I signed up and I did her walk to her uh, sofa to 5k program in a couple weeks. And I tell you why I was hooked. I passed that finish line and I was just smitten with running. It was my new addiction and I kept going from there. So the very next year um, I was doing Chicago you know, that's in October. So mm-hmm. just about a year later, I was doing my first marathon. A month after that, I did my second one. Mm-hmm. So it just, I was just so quick to fall in love with it. And I lost 85 pounds in the first year as well. So it, it really has, can honestly say it's changed my life.
1: Wow. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, I, I I feel like from time to time, you know, when, when somebody's kind of explaining maybe how they got started in the sport, um, there's this you know, it was just great from from the first step type of uh, vibe that comes across. Um, and I know for myself and, you know, I'm an N equals one, just like everybody else. So I, I try not to get too much into, well, if it was like this for me, it must be like this for everybody. But it was a very acquired taste for me to get into running. It was I'd hated it and then I sort of tolerated it and then I kind of liked it. And then, you know, dot, dot, dot. Here I am. And, and this is what I do all day, every day, as much as I can. Um, but, you know, was it was it that? I mean, like, like you said, you crossed that first finish line. It was great. Keep going. Um, was it was it rough at all in those early days?
0: Okay, yes. Yeah. So I'm thinking pump the brakes there. It is <laughs> that, that it's it's a total love hate relationship. And I think especially doing that first 5K, I absolutely wanted to give up so many times. Uh, we, we're out there with you know our group of people who are all doing this first 5K together, trying to run our first half mile. I'm like 215 pounds, just gasping for breath, trying to run for at least 30 seconds. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. But I think that maybe during that time in my life, I just wanted change. I I really wanted to improve my health so much that I was willing to put up with the, oh my God, this sucks so bad. And I don't want to even play like that doesn't still happen. You know, it's, it's been years over a decade. I've been running now and I still have plenty of moments where I'm running going, Oh my God, this sucks so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's love, hate, it's total love, hate. And I think runners can appreciate that. Or we have to be able to, I don't know, enjoy that hate almost. It's just, it's kind of strange relationship, but you you gotta love it and you gotta hate it at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, I don't want to say that's good to hear that that it was a love hate, but like you know, every time I have one of those folks, it's just like yeah, it was just like ever since the first step, it was just like every every step has been the best step ever. I'm like gosh, like well, <laughs> not me, not me, but uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is, and yeah, there's there's a bit of love hate, and, and it's also just I think it, it's it's you know, it's just real that that a lot of, you know, maybe there's those those few folks out there that really is just everything is every run is, is perfect. Um, but I think for most of us, we can we can appreciate that some runs are great and some runs are not great. And a lot of runs are somewhere in the middle. And that's just that's just the way it kind of shakes out.
0: Absolutely. And I need to meet some of those people that, <laughs> that they love it every single step. I need to figure out what they're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're clearly got something figured out that uh, the, the majority <laughs> of us are still are still trying to grab. Uh, a hold of, but so so you you finished the first the first 5k in relatively short order, which is which is in a a a good you know solid ac- accomplishment in and of itself. Um, how long was it before you were like, hey, you know, Chicago is not that far away. Like, let's let's uh turn, set our sights even bigger.
0: So I did um a half marathon. Well, first I started off that fall. I did a 10k, and I was so scared. Like there were all these runners at the start line that were they looked so professional and they're so ready to do this, and this is my first time ever running that far. I totally cried at start line because I was so scared. Um, And then the following spring, I did a half marathon for the first time. And I got to give props to um, the Indy Mini half marathon. That's an amazing run. Um, So well supported through the course. And you're there with every kind of runner there possibly is, runner, walker, sprinter, just everybody. So I really felt you know, more like, yeah, I can do this. I really belong. This is something that You know, I'm going to keep going. And then right after that, a local um, fundraising group uh, set out that they were they were looking for a team. And I knew a bunch of people who did that already. And they were a little bit encouraging, a little bit kind of like, maybe this is too soon for you. But, (laughs) you know, if you want to do it, we'll help you. And so I did. I I just and I was scared to death. I think um, doing your first marathon is huge and probably just about everybody is kind of scared to death even taking on the commitment and then when you're there at your start line, it's just kind of like, what did I do? <laughs> I, I'm here now I have to run all these miles and yeah, it's terrifying, but I don't know. I, I really felt that commitment that I I needed to make that change in my life. I had to, and I had to maintain it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did I hear you correctly that the, the first, that, that Chicago was also as part of a fundraising situation?
0: Yeah. So, um, I do remember the name of the group. They were, they were amazing. Um, they're a local, I can look it up really fast. They're a local group out here. Uh, let's see. No, oh, I'm going to leave that off the side, but I can get you that information a little, a yeah. little later on, but yeah, they, they were doing an annual um, Chicago marathon fundraising event where they would bring out um, people interested in running and train them and just kind of take them through the process and, you know, nice fundraising to um, help our community.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So was it, uh, and I guess where I'm I'm going with this, or, or at least what what the question in my head is, was it a typical type of charity running thing? You had to raise money to to get the bib.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay, um, I had so, to raise 500.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So so again, so so that was what I was thinking. But just wanted to, to make sure before I ask a question that was completely irrelevant. Um, I feel like the first marathon, that's a pretty big hurdle to do. Um, I feel like for a lot of runners, and I was I was one of them for a while. That, that the the idea of charity running and, and asking for 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 money, like that's a little bit of a sticky situation to sometimes get in, or at least it's uncomfortable at, at, for some folks at, at different times. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of folks that are that are like you whose first marathon was also part of a charity running thing and raising raising money for a cause. But but me personally, I feel like combining both of those things at the same time, like that makes both undertakings maybe even more. I don't know, uh, more of a big, big deal, more of a thing to be like, "Ah, I don't know. Um, what was, you know, the, the first time doing the charity running, the first time doing the, the marathoning, um, which one was the, the bigger mountain for you to, to have to climb?
0: Seriously, the marathon. Um, I really feel like doing any kind of a run for charity or really any kind of charity, um, having that backup of knowing that you're not just doing it for yourself, Mm -hmm. you're doing it to help other people kind of motivates me. And I don't know if it's like that for everybody, but I've done several charity runs since then, like raising funds for this purpose to do this run mm-hmm. and awareness for different things. And I, I feel like that is huge motivation. You're not just doing it for yourself, but these people have invested in you. They've invested in your cause. And I, I always feel like I would really let them down if I didn't make that that finish line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it it definitely can help a little bit on those days when you're you know, when when you're having one of those days that we already talked about (laughs) in training and just like, Oh, but like, Oh wait, this is something bigger than me. Um, so so maybe that helps a little bit there too. Absolutely. So you finished Chicago first marathon, um, waste no time running the second marathon. Was it, how did, how did, how did that plan come together of, you know, I've never done this before. I've only been running for a year, dot, dot, dot. I'm going to run my second marathon a month later.
0: Okay. So this is going to go deep and I don't mind talking about this. (laughs) Um, so the day that I finished Chicago, right? I did the finish line. Um my husband at the time came out and and at the finish line he, you know, cheered me on, that kind of thing. And then I stayed in the city with my sister to do, you know, the Nike shop and stuff like that, and he took the train back home. And that evening I went back to my parents' house, I had dinner. Um I came back to my house and my house was empty. He had moved out during the rest of the day, um, completely emptied out the house of furniture and things like that. Um, and I felt like that kind of took the day away from me. It kind of took my, Oh, this is my first marathon. I feel amazing. This is fantastic. And I wanted it back. So my way of getting my day back, my first marathon ish back was the very next day I signed up for the next marathon. And a month later I did a next finish line. And I felt like, okay, nobody's taking this away from me. This is my finish line. It's kind of a a weird way to do Mm -hmm. it, but I think probably a lot of runners can associate with that to say, this is my accomplishment. I really feel proud of me. I don't want it to have some cloud over it.
1: Right, right. Wow. Um, How did the second race go? you know, I, I, again, I mean, it's, it's, it's a second marathon, which sometimes better, sometimes worse in short <laughs> order. So, so at least the training part, you kind of two birds, one stone almost. Um, but obviously a lot of personal things that went on between the, between the two races that, that changed the, the game a little bit. Um, it was a second marathon. And, and of course the second marathon I'm assuming wasn't another world major. So there's, there's a little bit different vibe between Chicago and whatever the second marathon was, but, um, second marathon, better, worse. How, how did, how did it shake out?
0: So that's really funny. I finished Chicago. And as I crossed the finish line, um, one of the people handing out water was like, did you even run? You're not even sweating. I felt so amazing. Like I I just wasn't fatigued. Everybody told me you'd hit the wall and things like that. and You'd cry. And I, I felt so good. And I almost felt like maybe I was missing something. Maybe I did something wrong. Um, so taking on that second one, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. We're going to do the second one in, in a month. And probably about halfway through the second run, I did, um, Indianapolis Monumental, by the way, which is a phenomenal race. It's beautiful land, wonderful people. I love that race. Um, about halfway through it, it finally hit me like, "Ow, this kind of <laughs> hurts. <laughs> uh, it, it has a little bit less support than the Chicago crowd, of course. I mean, the city isn't nearly as big but I still pulled it through and I felt like when I finished that one, sure, that one hurt, that one I cried and I was like, "Okay, I finally had the full marathon experience. <laughs> this is how it's supposed to feel."
1: <laughs> oh, yes, the full the full experience. Like like, you know, uh, on the one hand, maybe having the the not full experience where everything is fun and everything felt good. Like, I don't know, maybe that's, that's, that's kind of the ideal, I guess at at some point, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, sometimes um, sometimes 26.2 miles uh, just hurts, especially when you're pushing the pace. But uh, so so you get the second one done, um, like I said, tale of two experiences for a whole host of (laughs) of factors. Um, But, but, where where do you go from there? Uh, You know, like you're clearly enjoying running and some of the changes it's it's having for you physically. And and I'm sure you're starting to have probably well noticed some of the mental and things like that. All the, all the other things that runners talk about as far as the benefits of running. Um, But, but where do you set your sights after the first, the first two marathons, you know, basically a a year after you started running?
0: So I think um, after I did the first one, I didn't want to feel like it was a one and done. I didn't want this to be a flash in the pan for me. So doing the second one, kind of secured that I am a runner, I run marathons, and I wanted to keep rolling with that. So I signed up for a marathon in the spring, Crossroads in Indiana Marathon. And um, between Indianapolis and Crossroads, I I finally started to get injured. Um, All those warnings, everybody was like, you're doing this too fast, you're putting your body through too much, you need to rest. That started to come to fruition. So (laughs) I mean, that's very real. Um, So I got pretty bad hurt at Crossroads. And like the the newbie that I was at the point, I I didn't take the time off that I needed to. I kind of tried to roll through the injury. And I I went again. I did Marine Corps in that same year. And at that point, I got pretty bad hurt. And I ended up in physical therapy, dealing with some um, messed up muscles and some joints some tendons and cartilage damage and just all kinds of, wow, I really should have listened to everybody else. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's that's one of those scenarios, and and I get this sometimes as as a coach, and even just w- with the podcast and folks that listen to it, where it's it's you know you can and, and shoot, I, and I get this from you know my my own just running on my own sometimes where it's like you know. Everybody that that, most people, at least, hopefully, hopefully most people um, are trying to give good advice and they're trying to help you and they're trying to protect you sometimes from your yourself. And sometimes you just got to like you can you can hear all the the advice, but it's like, ah you know, I'm sure I'm fine. And uh, yeah, then uh, we learn that uh, we we are, you know, we're all unique, but we're also all a lot, a lot similar. And, uh, you know, not all of us are just able to just run forever and never have any issues and things like that.
0: Right, and I think understanding that those people who've been running for a long time they have that wealth of information that they did this too, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they definitely have have attempted to do what you're doing and or at least something like it, and uh their information shouldn't be ignored
1: <laughs> right right um so kind of fast forwarding a, a little bit, I don't know how far we're fast forwarding the tail at this point, but um, like you mentioned in the intro you're you're part of uh, this year's m s run the u s relay team and and like some folks that we've talked to in the past, you're you're part of the team as a runner who has multiple sclerosis. So um, one thing I've learned from interviewing various folks that are associated with MS Run the U.S. over the last year or so, um, and I guess I kind of knew this, but I didn't really know this, is that multiple sclerosis is one of those diseases where I mean, when you know one person that has MS, you know, one person that has MS and the, the <laughs> symptoms, the, the, the span, the, the range of symptoms and the the range of severities, um, covers a, a huge gamut. Um, and, and how people have found out that they were diagnosed or that they had the disease that eventually they got diagnosed with, um, has covered a lot of different, different ways of, of symptoms from right off the bat to kind of slowly, slow and gradual progression. Um, so all that to say, um, you know, where, where were you running wise, where were you, uh, or, and kind of, how did you, you realize that something wasn't right. And, and, you know, I, I have, I have something that's, that's more than just my legs are tired or, or this, mm-hmm. this little niggle or whatever the case might be, um, that turned into a, a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis.
0: Um, I think that's a great question. Uh, and it's, It's really, really related to running in general. So, I mean, by then I had recovered from those injuries. I had taken on an ultra, done a couple more marathons, and I got into triathlon too. Um, All these injuries that you get when you're running, you kind of, they're they're like your baggage that you just carry around with you. And you you just kind of pay attention for what's next (laughs) and try to deal with what's going on. So I had done my first half Ironman. Um, I had trained for a full Ironman and got injured, of course, dropped down to the half, and it was just a couple months later, I was just out for a regular maintenance run, really wasn't training for anything, and while I was running my legs went numb. And I kind of my initial thought, probably like anybody else's, uh what did I do now? You know, what's injured now? What next? Um and so I did what I was supposed to do, took a couple days off, went out and ran, happened again. And just progressively over the next couple of weeks, it kept getting worse where even when I wasn't running, my legs were still going numb and then my hands were going numb and then my torso. And then I was in a meeting and my face went numb and I, you know, started to think I, I need help. This is uh, not getting better. Maybe I really hurt myself. So I started going from doctor to doctor and trying to figure out what's going on. And We did every test under the sun to try and figure out, you know, did I hurt this or is it my spine or, you know, what's going on? And uh, I ended up talking to a neurologist who told me very point blank, you have MS. Now, at that point, I think probably for a lot of people, if you heard that, you'd you'd probably be like, okay, what's that? (laughs) Um, So he gave me a quick rundown and then handed me a stack of uh, treatments that I could do and go home and read this. And I was just kind of lost in all that, kind of like, what does all this mean and what is all this stuff? And I don't really understand. And I started reading through those pamphlets and handouts about treatment options. And I just went through the roof. Like, Oh my God, this is serious. And I think, um, social media is probably the worst place to go with that kind of
1: thing. <laughs> I feel like that's a, that's a statement we can make about just about anything. Like as much as I love social media, like a lot of times it's the worst place to go. But anyway, sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, exactly. Because I went on social media and it just mushroomed out. Oh no, this mm. is huge bad. And I think what we really need to understand is that, Like you said, it's different for everybody. Um, And it's really changed. It's kind of funny to say, but your mother's form of MS or your grandmother's MS is maybe not the same as your MS. So just treatments have changed. There's so many more options. Um, Understanding of disease. The disease has changed so much. It used to be... uh, you you're, you you leave your job, you're not gonna be active anymore, and that's just not how it is for many people with m s today so mm-hmm. just trying to learn about what this is and how to deal with it was kind of scary um and I definitely went through a depression I think that's huge, and it's really important for people who are newly diagnosed with m s to understand that that depression because this is scary is really normal, right. and it's something that can be worked through um understanding your disease and understanding your treatment really helps to kind of get you through and understand that you can still work. And like me or lots of other people with MS, you can still do the physical activities that you love so much. Maybe you have to change them some, but you're still capable, you're still able, and doing them is important for your health. So I think I got off on a tangent there. But
1: no, that's all right. That's all right. It's good stuff.
0: Um, so yeah, I really felt like uh, I needed that to prove that I was still okay, that I could handle this. And I think that mentality of, um, well, what about this? What about, you know, can, can I get around it in this way? If, if I can do this or maybe you're wrong in your diagnosis or mm-hmm. just trying to get yourself out of it. But I think learning to live with it instead brought me way more peace and getting to run again, got me way more peace than trying to fight it, I guess.
1: With with the way you just worded that, I, I guess I I have a, a somewhat of a question. I don't know, and it may not go anywhere. It may just be like, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I just said. But um, was there a period where you're like, I can't run? Was that was that part of the early early diagnosis and trying to figure things out to where all of a sudden you know whatever with, between um, more tests and medication and, and whatever it was? I'm, obviously, you're still running now. So was mm-hmm. there a period where where running was off the table?
0: Absolutely. Um, the first neurologist that I talked to about the diagnosis told me, put away my running shoes, no more running, no more triathlon. My days of all of that were over. And I think that was part of the huge depression that I went through. Um, that's now I understand that that's kind of old school thought Mm -hmm. and neurologists aren't promoting that near, at least I hope nearly as much that they're not, they're not. Um, I went to a specialist in Chicago up at rush hospital and he let me know, you know what? Running isn't going to make this worse. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to, you know, try and be as physically active as you can. And there's nothing wrong with running, except that, you know, you're going to have to learn how to maybe do it a little differently. And I, I totally did like my legs still go numb, but I mean, I had learned how to run 5k, you know, to, to marathon in a year. So kind of learning to run again, only this time on my legs being a little bit different was a challenge that I could do. And I felt like I needed to prove it to myself and maybe to everybody else that I was still me. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was really hard to go through that, that segment of time that I thought that I couldn't. And I think it's, that's another motivation to know that this is a progressive disease, knowing that eventually I probably won't be able to because yeah. of MS kind of keeps me active now. Number one, to prolong my ability and then to savor it. like I said earlier, it's a gift. Every single run is a gift.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, something that, that, I don't know, sadly, uh, uh, regrettably is, is easy to lose sight of when, you know, when you don't have some type of disease or some type of something that makes it, makes it real, that this could be something that's taken away. I mean, we all kind of know that any, anything could happen, any, any old day, you could get in a car accident, you could have this happen, you could have this happen. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes I, I do take it for granted that like, eh, I'm just going to go for my run today. And it's 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 again, s- sad to have to hear you say that, like, eventually I might not be able to run because of MS, which makes every run that much more special. But it's a good reminder to me and hopefully to some folks listening that like, yeah, even on those those sucky days that we have already talked about, um, it's still it's still better than a day where you can't run because you can't run. And so uh, just something to keep in mind, I think.
0: You're totally right about that. And I think we all kind of keep in mind, you know, you can get hit by a car, or, you know, whatever can happen. You never know from day to day. But I think just kind of having that over you, knowing that any day I can wake up and oh, now I can't move my legs. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't. That appreciation is huge to know, you know. Maybe I didn't run as fast as I wanted to run today. Maybe I didn't run as far. Maybe I felt like crap. But heck, at least I got it done. At least I could right. do it at all.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you mentioned kind of having to to make some adjustments. Uh, what what kind of adjustments have you had to make to to kind of relearn how to run with with MS um, and, and with where you're at in the, the progression of the disease?
0: So I think the biggest pro- uh, adjustment I had to make was learning how to control my body through it and train my body to, to deal with it again. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're starting off as a runner, any of us, as we started off, most of us, I think, <laughs> um, you know, just trying to figure out how to make your body do this excuse me, how to convince your body to keep moving forward. And with MS, excuse me again, um, fatigue is a huge deal. It's a huge issue. So trying to get your body to cooperate becomes a lot more difficult. Um, So you have to kind of dig a little bit deeper than maybe you did before. Um, Learning how to run on feet that are numb or legs that are going numb and learning how to control that if you slow down or control your temperature or whatever works for you because we're all different. Um, that's a huge transition that you have to kind of get through and learn your body again. So I I think I answered that question. I mean the the learning and the figuring out yourself and the new rules are probably Mm -hmm. the biggest deal.
1: Yeah. And and again, it's, it's one of those, I, I feel like we all have to continually learn. Our bodies are always changing. Um, but such a, a, a sharp turn makes mm-hmm. ma- it makes your, it forces you to have to speed up that that learning curve and, and figure things out and, and adjust on the fly. Um, so so maybe fast forwarding again a little bit, again, not, not exactly sure the timeline and, and the exact details maybe aren't that important, but where did, when did, um, MS run the U S just the organization in general come on your radar? Was that something that you had heard about before your diagnosis or once you got, once you, you know, found out you had multiple sclerosis, where did, where did you hear about that organization and what they do?
0: So it wasn't for a while after I had been diagnosed. Um, eventually I got back into the swing of running and I did a couple of things. Um, I really got more into triathlon, I think Mm -hmm. for a while and became a swimmer. And eventually Um, when I was able to run again, I I did this crazy run. I did this uh, Alcatraz triathlon. Mm. It was called the triathlon at Alcatraz. And I wanted to raise funds. I wanted to raise awareness and kind of recapture that energy of, you know, I can do this for a purpose bigger than me. And when I did that, I went on MS Society and kind of learned a little bit more about what they have. Um, And I saw MS run the US and I was just like, stricken with, Oh my God, look at this! (laughs) And at the time, I don't think people with MS were doing it so much, Mm -hmm. but just that there were runners who were, you know, carrying this cause. And I just felt myself being so drawn to it. And yet I felt like not able, like there's no way I could ever do something like that. There's just no way. So I kind of sat with it for a few years. And then the weirdest thing happened. Um, I was training for uh meat fights, Herman, Texas, half Ironman. So meat fight is another group that raises funds and awareness for MS. And they bring together people who have MS to run, um, half marathons and marathons or, uh, half Ironmans and things like that. And so I was training for them and I stopped at the gas station by my house on a training day. I was going to do a huge, like two mile swim and something else big. And I saw the MS run the U S van there. And I I had to stop. I was like, oh, my God, look, it's them, those amazing celebrity to me, absolutely celebrity type people. And um, it was Kelly who was running. And Kelly talked to me about, you know, you could do this if you're doing, you know, a half Ironman or any of that kind of stuff. You have the 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 background that you can do marathons and things like that. This is not, you know, beyond your scope, and I, I kind of sat on it and I became friends with Kelly. And this past year, word went out that the the runner who was doing the um, Milwaukee to Valparaiso segment was, was in need of some help. She needed some people to cover some miles because of some injuries that she was dealing with. And so I volunteered, like, yes, I'll do that. I, I wanna be part of this. And I think in doing that, I finally could see myself doing this. It's like, yeah, I, I actually, I think I can. I really, I think I really can. So that's how I kind of got hooked into it, because I think being part of it and seeing what it's really like, and uh, really seeing the other people, the celebrities I call them, <laughs> uh, and what they're doing and how it works, I, I really feel more comfortable that yeah, I really think I can.
1: Awesome, awesome. So you, you throw your hat in the ring and and then you know you go through the, the process and, and eventually get picked. When when you got when you, when you found out, hey, you're you're in, you're you're doing it. Um, excitement, nervousness. Terror, uh, all of the above, like, like what were the yeah. emotions when uh, it, it became official?
0: Uh, first marathon, right? <laughs> like that. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of excitement, um, a lot of just gratitude that they see me as, this sounds terrible, but they see me as worthy. They see me as able. And I think their belief in me helps me believe in myself. I don't know if that's the right thing to, to think like that, but it helps me to know that you know when a coach really supports me and a coach really believes in me i perform better i believe mm-hmm. And kind of the same way this group takes me under their wing and really feels like yeah she can do this so okay yeah maybe i really can
1: yeah yeah well and and um you definitely can and and you're you're definitely going to and and still in the early days i'm i'm sure of of the training process but mm-hmm. um you know w- what are what are things looking like right now in terms of training? Like a lot of base base building, I'm sure. But like like you know where where are you at on the on the training process at this point?
0: So I'm still in the base building. Um, I don't do my segment until July.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I just did the uh, CIM, the California International Marathon, this past December, and I did, of course, sustain a little bit of an injury from it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm bouncing back right now. I'm doing physical therapy and. MS Run the US has a fantastic trainer that's working with my physical therapist to make sure that we're building the base and moving forward like we were supposed mm-hmm. to. So I guess to answer your question, I'm kind of still in the, the base stages.
1: But that's that's right where you should be. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's that's one thing that, that sometimes as as a coach myself I, I have to to I don't want to say argue with, but you know, wrestle with a little bit with some of the athletes where it's like, hey, you know, we don't want to we don't want to peak two months before your race, like we want to build. And so, you know, and, and you still being whatever, if I'm doing the math five, five ish months from, from your segment, like base building is where you should be right now. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly what, what should be happening. Uh, but looking ahead to, to July um, and, and your segment, um, I mean, obviously predicting the future questions are terrible, which is why I try <laughs> not to ask them very often, but here I am. I'm going to predict, ask a predict the future question, but uh, maybe not predict the future, but just with where you are right now, looking ahead, um, what what is the thing you're most excited about, and the thing that you're most worried about, nervous about, um, with your five marathons in five days that that's coming up?
0: Um, there's so many things I'm excited about. I'm excited about every single morning start line. I'm excited about every single evening finish line. I'm excited about the people who have um, let me know that they're going to come out and support me by either just cheering on the side of the road or even running some miles with me. Um, I'm huge excited about Providing support. So this is a fundraising effort, um, and the objective of the fundraising is for people who have MS. And I, I completely consider myself amazingly lucky at this stage. Um, there are a lot of people who don't have it as easy as I do, and I consider this, you know, as as things go, I don't have it so bad. There are people who um, need wheelchairs and need uh, modifications to their homes for wheelchairs and modifications to their bathrooms, because balance is an issue. Um, Just so many needs that a lot of insurance companies have difficulty covering. Um, So in this fundraising effort, we're going to help out some people that have those needs with MS. And that is, I think, huge. And it's huge motivation to keep me focused and training and looking towards those finish lines every day.
1: Gotcha. Well, that's, that's, you know, that, that's as good a reason as any to keep going. Anything that you're, that you're nervous about or worried about looking, looking ahead?
0: Uh Yeah. I mean, it's going to hurt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> More than likely.
0: I, I think I've kind of right off the bat, even before I made the commitment, I, I kind of understood that this is not going to be a rainbows and, you know, unicorns. This is going to be, this is going to hurt. And so I'm not looking forward to that part, but I know that you know this is really important, and it's really important not just to me, but to a lot of other people who need that help and support. Um, so while I I kind of dread that pain, I I dread you know maybe day three or four of doing another marathon. I'm terrified that I'll get injured along the way. But it's important. It's important enough for me to push, and I have to remember too, every single run is a gift. No matter how bad it hurts, it's a gift. So yeah, I, I'm nervous. I'm scared, but with, with with right. I mean, the road should be respected. Distance should be respected. So maybe that'll help me to train even better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then when it all wraps up, you'll be, you'll be one of those celebrities that you're looking up to for somebody else. You'll, you'll be the celebrity.
0: I I don't know that I'll ever be a celebrity or in anybody's mind. Um, I'm excited to be a part of the group. And right now, you know, the, the 19 runners that are running this year, we've already started to get to know each other and Mm -hmm. they are amazing people. Every single one of them. Um, not all of them have MS and, um, not all of them have a direct connection to MS and that they know somebody with MS, but they appreciate what it is and they appreciate the need. And the fact that they're putting themselves out there to help people like that have those issues are just amazing. You can just imagine how fantastic these people are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we're, as we're getting close to, to wrapping up, I I got one, one final, I think one final, I don't know, maybe, maybe there will be another pivot, but, um, you know, we kind of already talked a little bit about your first marathon in Chicago being a a fundraising situation. This one being a, you know, with, with run the U S uh, being a, a, a big fundraising situation, something you've done some other races. If I'm putting the pieces together and, and remembering correctly that you, this isn't your first rodeo with raising money, uh, for a cause when it comes to some type of, of race scenario. Um, but I feel like I always ask this question because it's something that was was getting at me for a long time before I finally dipped my my toes in the charity running water a couple of years ago and and found out maybe it wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was. But I know I know there's some runners out there that maybe don't have a direct connection to any cause necessarily. Thankfully, you know, touch wood right now. Um, but wouldn't wouldn't mind maybe doing a charity running situation. But there's that that little bit of fear. Uh, like I mentioned earlier about just asking for the, asking for money and, 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 mm-hmm. you know, that whole, the whole fundraising process. Um, and so, so if we could spend the last few minutes, maybe kind of talking about that, like how, how, um, how have you found fundraising both for the MS run the U S relay so far, and also for the other, other races in the past, like what, what kind of things have worked for you? Like, like how does, how do how do you approach the fundraising side of training for any of these events that you've done and, and are currently in the process of doing?
0: I think it's really important to remember that it's not about the runner. Like, for example, right now, um, I'm raising funds for MS Run the U.S. It's not about me. Um, it's about the people that we're helping. It's about people who are in need of these resources. And that's the truth for any kind of fundraiser that you're doing. Um, I ran Marine Corps with Salute, and that was for the families of um, Marine soldiers that had been injured or uh, were still out in service and those families needed help. They needed financial support. So again, not about me, not about the race. Um, I did the uh, Alcatraz Triathlon for MS Run the US. I ended up raising funds for MS Run the US, or not, sorry, not MS Run the US, I did it for um, MS Society. Again, not about me. Um, So in asking for funds, and it's uncomfortable, I know, to ask somebody for, for money, basically. I think it's important to remind yourself and remind them that they're not giving you money. They're helping somebody who needs help, regardless of whether or not you make this run, regardless of whether or not you, you get to the finish line. Yes, it'd be wonderful for you to get to the finish line and them fundraising and supporting on your behalf is, is definitely motivation. But in the end, it's not about you. It's about, you know, the purpose behind the fundraising. So I I think that's, probably the best advice I can give is that when you're going towards it, um, remind your donors what you're actually raising funds for. And I think a lot of people are willing to help people in
1: need. I found the same thing for whatever, whatever it's worth. But again, for those that are kind of on the fence, like, like people are willing to give and it, it was a little mm-hmm. bit surprising to me how, how much some people were willing to give. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you, Stephanie, have you found, you know, I mean, obviously asking. I mean, that's that's a big piece of the puzzle. But are there other things that you've done or or have experience of of working as far as you know, whatever, yard sales or donation, mm-hmm. like 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 other tangible things that then turn into into the sure. the cash donations. Like, have you found some some type of fundraisers or things like that 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 worked well for you?
0: So we're about to do a MS 5K um, over at the high school where I work, so people can locally or. If if you're not local, you can sign up to do it virtually. Um, I love doing that kind of a fundraising effort because it gives people kind of in the motivation of this is what we're we're a portion of what we're going through. So if they're going to train and prepare to walk or run the 5K, they kind of have that connection. Um, And if you manage it, it really isn't so hard to put together and you get that fun and feeling of like watching everybody come through the finish line, watching them smile and feel great. Uh, That's just a wonderful feeling for everybody. So and then there's a race premium, of course. Everybody's going to get these orange socks because orange is Mm -hmm. the color for MS awareness and socks because oftentimes it's affecting runners or walkers or just anybody with numbness in their feet and legs. So that connection, I think, has made a huge difference. Um, And then, like you said, just the ask, really um, being open with what the cause is and willing to ask people. Uh, It's like you said, a surprising that people are so willing to donate. And I, I, I'm so appreciative of it. Um, being very direct and honest and straightforward about what you're going through and why has been huge. Uh, I was on the phone, I I was on for a run and my insurance agent called me and she just kind of laughed. Why are you running? What, what, what purpose is there? And I, I told her very directly, well, the purpose is, (laughs) (laughs) and so she was willing to give a donation. I think, um, and maybe it's less tangible, but just being very open and honest about what you're doing and why really helps people bring them to that donation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. And, and as, as you know, in case anybody's wondering, we will have the, the donation link for Stephanie in the show notes for today. So, um, if, if you feel yourself so moved, you know, you can, you, not that there's any other hundreds of other great organizations out there, but, but obviously Stephanie's working on raising some money. Um, and it's, 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 it's a, it's a decent little chunk for the, uh, the MS run the U S but, uh, like you said, the the money is, is very well spent and it goes to people that really have tangible needs, which is, you know, not that research and stuff isn't a bad thing, but like tangible needs are tangible needs. And so it's, it's a great, great place to, uh, to support if you're able to.
0: Thank you. And so I I will say right now, if you do want to do the 5k, um, maybe virtually, maybe you want to get a hold of those orange socks, um, easy enough, that's ms5k.org. So that's really easy to get um, connected to. And then um, the MS run the U.S. relay portion for me is fighting and make a donation or just learn more about what's happening. Again, fightingms.org is the link for that.
1: Fantastic. That's that's a lot easier than the link that I have. That's like you know blah 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 blah, blah, blah slash slash you know number number. Um, but one way or the other, we'll we'll get you there. So if you if you go to fightingms.org, you'll get there. If you go back to the show notes, we'll have the we'll have the clickable link. Because if I tried to give you the whole nonsense, like it would take me five minutes to rattle, r- 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 to rattle through it. Um, and, and Lord knows you'd, you'd get a slash wrong and then you'd end up with some, you know, error page and you wouldn't be able to donate. So we don't want that. But, um, but anyway, as we're, as we're getting to the point of, of wrapping up today, Stephanie, I, I like to, uh, to close off with something I call a philosophical question, which is, is similar to the introductory question, except it's not the same question every time, but just something that's open-ended. You can take it whichever way you want to go with it. Um, and that's, and that's what we'll wrap it up for today. Um, but, but I'd just be curious, you know, from, from that first, you know, Sofa to 5k program, uh, at the gym and the first the first five k turkey trot uh, to to where we are today um, what has has running maybe taught you about yourself what are, what are lessons that you've learned um, theoretically through running that have then been able to be impl- you know applied and impacted other areas of your life outside of the sport?
0: Oh my goodness um, i I guess I could start with strength. I had no idea that I was capable of any of that. I never saw myself. Um, running a marathon. I mean, I maybe would run after an ice cream truck. (laughs) (laughs) That was about it. So just that strength. And I think um, kind of encompassed with that is finding my self-worth that I didn't know. uh, I guess I had a, a feeling of unworthiness. And in doing that, it seems really strange, but you kind of begin to appreciate your worth. You begin to appreciate that you are something that is strong and beautiful and able, and that should be celebrated. So I think finding that in running has been huge. And I'll add on to that, that being diagnosed with MS sounds really strange, but a lot of people with MS would agree with me. In some ways, it's kind of a gift because it gives you an appreciation for just life in general, Um, the appreciation to slow down and look around and really take in your moments um and running is a huge part of that uh running in nature running on the road and really looking around and really appreciating your environment that's a huge thing about running that i think i got because i i did that 5k to to marathon and then marathon after marathon <laughs> but um and it, it's just been super reinforced with having ms to to slow down and appreciate and look around really take it all in uh i could go on <laughs>
1: Uh, as is often the case with the with the philosophical questions, I'm I'm just kind of nodding my head and, and have a little smile. It's like yep, uh, that makes sense. Yep, I, I can I can relate, and and I know a lot of folks that are listening are are doing as well. So, uh, once again, y'all, uh, disruns. dot com slash one zero two eight. Show notes for today, all the all the links back to uh, Stephanie's Facebook, and again, you can you can find her on on Facebook, um, and and to donate and everything else we talked about, disruns. dot com slash one zero two eight. Ah uh, stephanie, thank you for for making the time today um and, and just you know keep on keeping on I, i'm I'm excited to continue to I'm, I'm glad we're able to connect on 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 the orange mud group um and certainly looking forward to continuing to to kind of follow along and, and seeing how things go for you this summer and and you know, I don't know you know if you're up for it if not, no worries, but maybe somewhere in the fall or or winter or somewhere somewhere when your segments in the rear view mirror a little bit, and you've had some time to decompress and and reflect on it. Um, Maybe we can circle back and kind of hear how it went for you, but whether we do or not, thanks for the time today and uh, you know, nothing but the best this summer and, and beyond.
0: Thank you so much again. Thank you for the time. Um, If anybody is interested in following along when the run is happening, I can tell you that uh, it's starting this April out in California and it will finish up in New York in august and you can watch those segments on youtube so if you're interested ms run the us is available on youtube and you can see those 19 different runners making their finish lines every day
1: all right y'all thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show hope you enjoyed the conversation between stephanie and myself and as per usual be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode what was your uh, little takeaway from our little chit chat today um, for me, there, there were a few things, and it may, I'm, I'm maybe going to bypass the one that that might be the most obvious to me. That, that was maybe my maybe was my biggest takeaway, but I'm going sk- to am going to skip that one, uh, and just the idea of of just you never know, because I feel like we've had that one a few times. I've I've come to that conclusion multiple times. Um, but one thing, kind of before we got into Stephanie's, you know, finding out that she had uh, multiple sclerosis, and, and quite frankly, it was it was part of the story of, of when she realized something wasn't right. Um, and and it, we kind of glossed over it, but it was it was the idea that like, oh, gosh, what, what happened now? What's what's this latest injury? What's this new thing going on? And I think that sometimes we can we can especially if we've if we've dealt with a lot of injuries or, or just kind of nagging things over years in the sport, just kind of thinking that that injuries are just, you know, part and parcel of, of being a runner. And, and certainly there's a risk, you know, certainly there's, there's always that chance that something could get a little irritated or you could step wrong or, or whatever, you know, injuries are are certainly a part of the sport. Um, but I think sometimes it can feel like a foregone conclusion and and maybe I'm reading between the lines and, and Lord knows, Lord knows I've done that before. And then, uh, you know, screwed it up while, while reading between the lines, but it kind of sounded like, Stephanie was kind of thinking that, like, up, oh, you know, here comes another injury. Well, of course, that's what's going to happen, uh, and it turned out to be multiple sclerosis, which was a whole different ball of wax. But my takeaway is is to push back on the idea that injuries are inevitable. Sure, the stats say that they're they're relatively likely for a lot of folks, but I think that that's you know, and, and this is going to be me me being a little bit uh, maybe biased towards some type of more you know, effort-based training, whether it's heart rate or otherwise, um, also just listening to your body, like all the things I talk about strength training and foam rolling and all the, all the things, um, you really can reduce your risk of injury significantly. Um, you might still get a little niggle here and there. You might still get a little something that that needs a little, little grease, a, a little, a little joint that needs a little grease once in a while. But I mean, you know, knock on wood, but not really like I haven't really been injured in, in five or six years. and, and, Either I'm I'm super you know some type of superhuman some type of of mutant uh you know just bucking the, the trends and bucking the odds or maybe like you know if you if you do some things and train intelligently and listen to your body and back off once in a while like like or maybe maybe I'm just lucky I mean I don't know but I, but again like I just kind of feel like the idea that injuries are relatively inevitable um, is just not. It, it doesn't have to be destiny. You know, you don't have to be destined to get injured in this sport. And and, and again, I might be putting words in Stephanie's mouth, but that was kind of the, the vibe that I was getting when she was talking about some of the injuries and training for this and then having to, to pull back. And, and it just, I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I need to get on my soapbox once in a while and remind everybody and remind myself too that maybe I'm fortunate that I haven't been injured because I'm doing some of the things, so maybe keep doing them. Um, and, and if you have been struggling with injuries repeatedly over the last months and years, um, you know, they, they can't be maybe completely avoided, but there might be some things you can do to reduce that risk and minimize that risk and and get over the hump and get back to training and being healthy and, and staying in one piece and, and making progress towards your goals. And so, I don't know, that's my thought. That's my takeaway is just that, that sometimes injuries do happen and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, sometimes what looks like an injury could be some type of of disease like multiple sclerosis and that that's just a whole other situation that obviously can't do anything about Um, but injuries aren't predestined in running and uh, lots of things can be done to to really mitigate that risk and so that's my little under under the radar takeaway from today's episode is that you know don't don't just be resigned to the quote-unquote fact that you're going to be injured like Maybe take some steps and, and ride that healthy train for a few decades and see, see how that goes for you. But that was my takeaway. Uh, maybe I'm again, very well could have missed the mark on that one, but, uh, you know, wouldn't be the first time probably won't be the last time, but what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? We'd love to hear it as always at disruns on Twitter at disruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to disruns at com and you can also, also head over to the show notes for today. Got a couple of photos and some links, of course, and donate if you're so inclined uh, but the the comment section on the, the show notes for each episode is always a great place to leave some comments as well. Dizruns.com slash 1028, Dizruns.com slash 1028 for today. And uh, let me know what you thought, what your takeaways were of today's episode. Uh, one last shout for today for Victory Co. Uh, get yourself, uh, a, you know, just a beautiful piece of jewelry, something to, to carry around, wear, wear around, uh, that maybe isn't quite as obnoxious as some of those big medals that uh, I, I'm all about wearing. But maybe not years later. But you can get get a nice piece of jewelry, a nice custom charm bracelet, uh, celebrating all of your different victories, finish line moments. Get that finish finish line feeling wherever you go at createmyvictory.com. dot uh, com. You can also follow along uh, with what they've got going on and the launch of the company and and how things are growing and going at at Create My Victory on Instagram. And uh, if you end up making a purchase, make sure you use the code DIZRUNS at checkout. Uh, order yourself something or order order for somebody special in your life that, that might benefit from it or might enjoy it. Uh, great gift. Great gift for yourself. Great gift for somebody else. Uh, createmyvictory.com. DIZRUNS at checkout. Save 15% on whatever you order. With that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that share button. Help spread the word. Always appreciate it when you do that. And uh, until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later.